0: We live in very uncertain times, and as children of God, those of us who know Christ, the steps of love. Look in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as, would you read the next two words? Dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, for a sweet-smelling savor. I thank God for the gift of Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful this morning for those who have died for my freedom. But most of all, I'm thankful for Jesus Christ who gave his blood. That my soul might be redeemed. And that your soul might be redeemed from hell. The Bible says he gave him an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. He goes on in the text and describes the following. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once Named among you, as becometh saints. That's a verse that the modern-day church wants to throw out of the Bible. Look in verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no poor or unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an adulterer, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. This passage tells us back in verse 1, look at what he says. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, verse 2. Walk in love. Now verse 9, following that, or verse 8, following that up, he says, walk as children of light. You say, God wants us to be children of light. This all ties together. He says that when you're a child of the light, you walk in the light, you walk in love, you walk with Christ. It's beautiful. It's a sweet thing. And you have the love of God all over your life. Be ye, therefore, followers of God. The word dear there, referring to dear children, means beloved, esteemed, faithful favorite and worthy of love. It comes from the word agape. It ties into that. Also, that word dear is translated, beloved son, when Jesus was baptized. Beloved son. The father speaking of his son, my beloved son, spoke of him as my dear, my beloved, my esteemed, my favorite, my worthy of love. He's worthy of all of our love. And he tells us, That as believers, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, he says, be ye followers of God as dear children. And he goes on to explain it's just like Jesus did. So just like Jesus followed the Father, he goes on, walk in love. The word there referring to brotherly love, the agape love, the love of Christ. Walk in love. When we think of love, love is not just some feeling, right? It's not just an emotion. Love also is a decision. I choose to love. Love is gentle, love is kind, but we forget this. Love is also firm. Because remember what the Lord said, the son that he loveth, he correcteth and chasteneth betimes. And so God chastens his children because he loves them, he reproves them, he is firm. His love is gentle, kind, and firm. The footsteps, the steps of love. Where are you walking today. We're each walking. We're all walking somewhere. And it's not just where you're physically walking. It's where our heart's going. Amen? And so God wants our heart to be in tune, the steps of love. First this morning, let's look. It's a very simple, simple uh, passage, but a very deep passage at the same time. Be following him. Be following him. He says, be ye, therefore, followers of God. He says, I don't want you to be a follower of man. I don't want you to be a follower of, of sports. I don't want you to be a follower of hunting, even though that's a great occupation. Isn't it, guys? And girls? Um, it's a great occupation. And I heard that Stephanie even likes hunting. So, I've uh, got, got a woman hunter in the room. That is great. He says, be ye followers of God. Often we're followers of men, of personalities, of things. He says, follow him. Be the follower of God. So we are to live our lives in an active way as a follower of God. So it's not, what can I get away with, Lord? What do you want me to do to stay closer to Jesus Christ? How can I be a closer follower of Christ? How can I serve you more today than I did yesterday? How can I love you more? How can I have a sweeter spirit? How can I be more like Jesus Christ? I heard of this college student, and the story is written in the book, None of These Diseases, by S.I. Milken. This young woman was going to college, and as she filled out the application, her heart sank when she read the question. The question said, Are you a leader? By being both honest and conscientious, she wrote no, and returned the application expecting the worst. To her surprise, she received a letter from the college, Dear Applicant, A study of the application form reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We're to you because we feel it's imperative that they have at least one follower. <laughs> be ye therefore followers of God. My friend, this story brings truth. Every situation in life, we're all tempted to be a leader even if we're not qualified to be a leader. We're tempted to try to assert ourselves when we're not qualified to assert ourselves and get out of place. And he says in the will of God, be ye therefore followers of God. Question today, are you following are you following? You say, I'm following God. I'm following God. God will never lead you to be against the work of God, the will of God, the people of God. If you're following God, you're going to have a team spirit in the will of God. We're going to work together in the heart of God because we want to follow him. Be following him. He says, you got to follow. You ever see a train going down the track? by two engines sometimes because of the heavy load. But are those engines going opposite directions? If they were, my friend, the train would go nowhere. In order to go down the track of life, you have to follow Christ down the track, and you have to find your place. And you might say, I'm just a train car. But God has you right there, in this time, in this place. Stay in your place, do your job, and God will honor you. Be ye, therefore, followers of God. As dear children, he didn't say stubborn children. He said, dear children. We love our children. I pray you love yours. My friend, the sweetest time you've had in your home when you're raising your kids, the sweetest time you have in your classroom when you're teaching kids, uh, is when they're dear children. Okay? Uh, when they are walking in love, when they're willing to follow, willing to follow. Are you willing to follow today? It's a question, and it's a command in the passage to be followers of God. I'm asking you if you're doing it. God's commanding us to do it. Be following Him. Next, this morning, He tells us in verse 3 to be giving of ourselves. Be giving of ourselves. In verse 3, He says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. He says, Give your body to God. Don't dedicate it to anything else. Don't live in uncleanness. Don't live a life of covetousness. It's all going to perish when we go to be with the Lord in heaven never see a hearse following a you all, my friend. We can't take anything with us. We live a life of consecration to Jesus Christ. Let it not be one's name among you as becometh saints. He goes on in verse 4, talking about this giving of ourselves. But this know ye that no, or longer, or unclean person, covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. God says, if you live a life for things... People, he says, you don't have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. Be giving of yourself. A lifestyle of sacrifice we see in the text. A lifestyle of sacrifice. You say, what does that look like? Simply dying. It's like the the palm tree, bending low, and it springs back. My friend, if you try to live like an oak, okay, you're not going to stand long. You try to live like an oak. An oak is a beautiful tree, but an oak does not bend. God wants you, to, you and I to, yes, there's times when we need to stand firm. There's other times when we need to be willing to bend. we got to have both qualities in our life as a Christian. Uh, because if we're not careful, we can have the qualities of the pine tree. When that pine tree gets under wind, it snaps. It breaks because it's not prepared and it's not ready for the storms of life. A lifestyle of sacrifice, being willing to bend. Also, we see in this text a vocabulary of holiness. A vocabulary of holiness. We just read it verse four, he says, "Neither filthiness nor foolish talking." Isn't it amazing, my friend, how um, how people are upset right now about lingo that's coming out, and uh, people are very, very upset about the lingo if it refers to certain political candidates. They're mad. Oh, they're so mad! They say, "I can't believe." Uh, this particular flag, and this particular billboard will be put out in front of my children. that they would see it. It's like, friends, you've been sending them to the school where the teachers have been using those words profanity in the classroom all year long. And they're upset about it being on a sign. Um, we live in a life, in a, in a world filled with a vocabulary of filthiness. Filthiness. Uh, we're upset about things that we might see on a sign, but the video games that the children are watching are filled with filthiness. He says, nor foolish talking. Anything that's not profitable, right there, okay? If it's not worthy, if it's not good, it's not good. God says the Christian life is to be a life that's way more than just Christian lingo. It ought to be Christian living. See, this biblical mindset, be giving of yourself, it's a biblical mindset that affects our relationship with God, others, and our home. This biblical mindset Affects every relationship of life. In our text, he describes fornication. That affects the home. a relationship with God, he says, be followers of God. As dear children, he says, walk in love. That revolves all of our relationships with others. It's a biblical mindset. It's a lifestyle that's consecrated to Jesus Christ. The steps of love. The steps of love. Giving ourselves. Uh, One of the best things about thankfulness is that the more you choose it, the easier it gets. The more you profess gratitude, the more you notice things to be grateful for. The thankfulness muscles respond to exercise. Tell you, whatever you have right now for this position, it's going to be carried and personified 10, 5, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now. It will be magnified. I challenge us all. Let's all live a life of thankfulness to the Lord and to one another. This biblical mindset of thankfulness, look in verse four. He says to not be involved in the things above, which are not convenient. He says, but rather, so instead we ought to do what? Giving of thanks. He says, I want you to be thankful. I want you to be thankful for what God has given to you. The giving of thanks. This morning we're gonna do a little walking through the Bible. Uh, the biblical mindset of thankfulness. Are you ready this morning? Alright, turn in your Bible to Ezra chapter 3 in verse 11. I normally do not turn to this much scripture in a, in a message, but we're going to see a lot of scripture today. Ezra, in chapter 3, if you would join me there, in verse 11. You see that the prophet of God here in Ezra chapter 3 in Verse 11. Right before Job, right before Nehemiah, Ezra. Ezra, Nehemiah. Ezra, chapter 3 in your Bible, portion of the dusty portion of God's Word. The Bible tells us here in verse 11 And they sang together by force in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They gave thanks to God because the temple construction had been started again. The temple was going to be rebuilt. It says they sang together by course. It was talked about order here. It was like a choir. They were gathered together, they were orderly in the way in which they praised the Lord. We have a lot of confusion today about worshiping the Lord. It ought to be done in an orderly fashion. By course, it says, praising and giving thanks of the Lord, because he is good. There is mercy and forever. We thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Join me as you would in Psalms in chapter 9. We're going to be in Psalms for a few minutes here. Psalms in chapter 9, verse 1. The Bible is filled with so many challenges to give thanks. Psalms in chapter 9. say, Pastor, why don't you just read them for us? If you turn to them, you might be more likely to turn to them again, okay? Psalms in chapter 9. Next time you have a rough day, maybe you can join me in doing this type of thing. It says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my, look what he says, whole heart. Whole heart. It says, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. He says, I want to praise you with a whole heart. A whole heart. Look at Psalms 35, verse 18. New Psalms over. Psalms 35, verse 18. We're going to see a lot of scripture today in the word of God. A lot of times God challenges us to give thanks. Psalms 35, verse 18. Bible tells us here, Psalm of David, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation, I will praise thee among... Look what he says. How many people? Much. Much people. In the worship of God, there's some things that you can only do corporately, together. And that's a good advocacy. God wants many people to be worshiping him. God also wants us to give thanks, he says in the great congregation. God is glorified, God is exalted when we give thanks. Thanks. I know the hearts. Of several of you in the room were greatly encouraged uh, last week when you got to attend a service in which 26 souls called the Lord in believer's baptism and gave thanks to God. What a great, beautiful thing when people give thanks to God! Souls are saved and people are baptized. And my friend, there's always going to be a few Pharisees at the time. Well, what kind of, What did they believe? What did they do? Jesus said, "If they're not against us, they're for us." My friend, uh, we ought to be followers of God as dear children. We ought to walk in love. He says, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. Uh, One thing that we ought to do regularly in the house of God is we ought to each give thanks. We ought to have a thankful spirit uh, and, my friend, a jubilant spirit that proclaims thankfulness to God. Psalms 95, verse 3, verses 1 and 3. Psalms 95, verses. One through three. What a blessing it is to hear the voice of the children in the house of God. I love it. I love it. The Bible says the Lord is pleased by the praises of children. Psalms 95 verse 1. Come, oh come, let us sing thanks unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise noise and they came with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. I'm thankful that he's still in control today. Amen? He's still in control today. The goodness of the Lord. Come let us sing. Let's make a joyful noise. Look at Psalms 118 verse 1. Psalms 118 in verse 1. Bible tells us here, David writing again. David, I believe, was a very thankful man. Even though he went through much suffering, he was very thankful. Bible tells us, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Because his mercy endureth forever. Aren't you thankful that he's merciful? Don't fall back on that and say, Well, I'm just going to live however I want. No, he's merciful, and he wants us to come back to a deeper relationship, to walk in Love. He's good. Look at Daniel in chapter two. I don't know why. I just really like the book of Daniel. It's a good book in the Bible. Y'all didn't get that. <laughs> and uh, look at chapter two in verse twenty-three. Here we, we see in the Word of God, it says, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. Bible tells us back in verse nine, 19, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in the night vision. Daniel thanked God that he was able to understand this dream and this interpretation. I thank Thee and praise Thee, O thou God of my fathers. I encourage you to give thanks to God for the great things He has done. I've seen God answer many prayers this week. God has a way of answering. God has a way of working. And we give Him thanks for every time that He works in a mighty way. We praise His name. Go on, Philippians in chapter 4. Philippians in chapter 4. There's just three more, right? Philippians chapter 4. We'll go to Colossians, Christians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All right, Philippians chapter four, in verse six. Philippians in chapter four, in verse six. Look at the word of God. I think it makes the point pretty clear to us today. Bible says, "Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God." And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts in mind through Christ Jesus. According to this verse, we understand that if we are to have a prayer service, my friend, it ought not to just be a complaint service, okay? It needs to be giving of thanks. You say, what is that? It's demonstrating faith that God's going to answer the request. And then we pray, Lord, would you heal my foot? And then we say, thank you, Lord, for that you're going to heal my foot according to your will. We have an attitude of thankfulness in our prayers, and often that is the missing component uh, in our prayers. He says, be pray." And he says, let your supplication be known. But he says, do your supplication with thanksgiving. So you pray for the thing that's bothering you, but at the same time you give thanks for the thing that's bothering you. Remember Paul praying for the thorn in the flesh to depart? The Lord said, I'm not going to make it depart. Do you believe that was a person God allowed to be in Paul's life, who allowed, who God allowed to him to go through a trial so that Paul's faith could be tested? Look at Colossians in chapter three. Look in verse fifteen. Colossians chapter three. You've been doing a great job uh, turning to these passages. What a beautiful thing the word of God. Colossians in chapter three. Waking you up this morning. Turning right. I don't want you to fall asleep in church. The Bible says. Verse fifteen: Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. It's impossible to have peace without being thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We cannot edify, we cannot encourage one another, unless we admonish one another in psalms. And hymns and spiritual songs. The word of God has a way of changing the heart of the person who's following Christ. I've seen God do that, and I pray that you see God do that regularly in your life. God changes the hearts when we have this attitude right here: praying and singing and just believing God to work. he says, Let the peace of God rule, and he says also, be thankful. It's a command to be letting the peace of God rule, it's a command to be thankful. And so we need to say, Lord, help me with my spirit. Lord, help me change my heart. Lord, help me change the the relationships. Whatever is troubling you today, whoever you can't talk to today, ask God to help you to work on that relationship that you might have peace. Be at peace among yourselves. Colossians chapter 4, right there, the other side of the page, in verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Paul was praying that he would have an opportunity to go speak the word of God. He was praying that he might be able to go proclaim the word of God. But he says, continue in prayer. And he says, watch in the same with thanksgiving. I lied to you. There's one more scripture. Hebrews chapter 13. This is the best one, okay? Hebrews in chapter 13 and verse 15. Hebrews 13 and verse 15. This this one's the best talks about our relationship with the Lord. Hebrews 13 and verse 15. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Remember, just a moment ago, I mentioned that there is this relationship and this lifestyle, giving ourselves, it's a lifestyle of sacrifice, and it's a vocabulary of holiness. It says right here, this vocabulary, okay, is the a, is a sacrifice of praise. This lifestyle is, is doing good with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Do you believe God is pleased by praise? I believe people also are encouraged by praise, and when we see God working, when we see God working, God have give Him praise. This morning, as we look on, let's continue to third thought this morning, be a light to all. The text wraps up with this principle, Ephesians 5. He says in verse 6, Ephesians 5 verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. A lot of vain talk going on today. A lot of foolish talk. Uh, then he goes on and says, "Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth." We understand that fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He says that we ought to be a light to all. The past should not determine the future for the child of God. Don't you love that? Amen. Well, y'all believe that? Look at verse 8. Ye were sometimes, he says, darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. He says, there was a time you were walking in the shadows. He says, now come to the light live in the light. Don't focus on the shadows. Don't focus on the time you were living in the shadows. Confess it, forsake it. Move on and walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Live a life of light. Walk as children of light. What a beautiful thing it is when the people of God walk in light. There's a joy. There's a, there's a peace. There's a long-suffering that comes from that. And my friend, the opposite is true. There's a sorrow. There's a sadness uh, when we do not walk in the light. Uh, when we walk in the light, we will always be able to get along with those who love Jesus. God does, does a good job at everything he does. So when his love shines in our heart, it's brighter than any other light. He transforms our life. You say, well, right now, I just can't get over one situation, one thing. Give it to Jesus and ask the Lord to help you. My friend, let your mindset be from the Word of God, not from the news. Amen? Your mindset be from the Word of God, not from uh, Dr. Lyre. Okay? Let your mindset be from Jesus Christ. Follow him, not a man. Be giving ourselves. Be a light to all. As as people of faith, we've got to be a light to all all those that come into contact around us, We can only do that if we'll be followers of God as dear children. The same way you want your children to follow you as you follow Christ. He says, follow Him and walk in agape love. A Christ-like love. You say, I already walk in love. Master, that's great. I haven't arrived. Neither have you. That love ought to be deepening every single day. If it's not, you're backsliding. If it's not, you're getting cold. If it's not, it's become darkness. He said, Beware lest the light that is in you become darkness. Because if it become darkness, how great is that darkness? The most deceitful way we can live as a Christian is thinking we're in the light. When truly there's darkness in our life. Everyone else sees it, God sees it, and we ourselves saying, No, I'm in the light. I'm a children of I'm a child of light. My life's perfect. I'm right with God. Everybody else is wrong. No. The Lord says every one of us needs to say, Lord, let your light come in every day. Lord, let your light shine in today. Lord, help me to change today. Help me to become more like Jesus Christ. He says we're a follower of God. He doesn't say we're part. There's too many stalled cars in faith. Okay? He says, I want you to get in here. I want you to move forward. Follow Christ. Don't focus on what you did for Christ 20 years ago. Don't focus on what you did for Christ five years ago. What are you doing for Christ right now? Follow Him as a dear child. Follow Him and walk in love. Walk in love. Change the way we live. It changed change the churches in America if we have lived a life walking in the love of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's stand together this morning for prayer. The steps of love. Let's stand together for prayer. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Are you walking in love today? We must follow Him, giving ourselves, and ask Him to help us to be a light to all. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, this morning we're going to take a minute to do business with the Lord right here where we're at. I want to encourage you Take time right now to meet with the Lord Jesus. He wants to meet with you. He wants you to walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. He wants each of us to deepen in our love and our walk with Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you help each of us in the room to walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. Help us to be followers of God as your children. Lord, if we do that, our fellowship will be sweet, our walk will be sweet, our service will be sweet. Lord, there will be no lack. Every need will be met. If we will do this according to your will. I encourage you right there where you're at this morning to join me as a group. as if the Lord leads, you would like to repeat with me this prayer of commitment to the Lord. I will pray a phrase. And I encourage you as a congregation, if that's the what you believe in your heart, to pray along with me after I pray. Lord, I commit by your grace to walk in love. Forgive me for where I have failed to love. Help me fully surrender to you that I might let your light shine through me. I choose to walk in love, even as Christ did. The piano plays, you just do business with the Lord so the Lord leads you. God bless your hearts and encourage you welcome to come forward
1: and pray. You're
0: welcome to pray to your seat.